Thanks for the ride, Gabby. No problem, Joy. Looking forward to the new job? Yeah, it's gonna be pretty exciting. I've never built a skyscraper before. And think, decades from now, I'll be able to look at the skyline and say, I helped make that. Well, here's your chance. We're here. See you soon? Yeah. Six? I'll be there. Don't forget your lunchbox. Oh, right. Thanks. <clears throat> uh, hello? Sir? Huh? Yeah. Uh, can I help you, ma'am? I'm here to start my new job. Oh, right. New construction worker. First day? That's right. <clears throat> Here's a hard hat. Always wear it. You don't, you're off the team. Got it. Here's your tool belt and your vest. Don't lose them. You do, you're off the team. Thanks. Any more advice? Yeah. Don't tick off the foreman. You do? I'm off the team. and Got it. Thanks. All right. This is it. Hmm. Should have asked him how I get to where the work is. Look, Bailey, this isn't a deal you get at the grocery store. You're either in or you're out 50 grand. Yeah, I know it's a lot, but you're not the only one with problems around here. Um, excuse me? Hold on. I got a roughneck trying to make conversation. Yeah? What? I'm new here. Name's Joy. Nice to meet you. And? Oh, uh, I was wondering how to get to where the work is? Do I look like a foreman here? Suit, tie, really expensive cell phone? I don't know. This is my first day. Well, that's me. Go upstairs over there and you'll see the lift. And if you don't mind, I'm actually working and you're not. But aren't foremen supposed to help the construction workers as their job? Aren't construction workers supposed to not talk and get to work? Get out of here or I'm I'll... off the team, right. Man, what a jerk. This is gonna be a long day. At least I've got the radio to listen to. No better way to start things off than a program or two. I think there's a little too much on the left there, Joy. My left or your left? Mine. No, yours. Uh, sorry. You kids doing okay? We're fine, Mr. Jacobs. <laughs> yeah, unless Kyle makes me knock over this tower. Hey, guys. Good morning, Gabriella. How are you today? Good. What's going on? What does it look like? We're playing with these bricks we found. You found bricks? Yeah, you know that old house next to the library they tore down? Yeah, that was a while ago. Anyway, we talked with the guys working there, and they said we could take as many bricks as we wanted to. More like Mr. Jacobs talked to them, and they said he could have as many bricks as he wanted, Kyle. <sighs> Fine. And then Mr. Jacobs told us we could mess around with them before he used them to fix his patty. And so far, they've used them to make some rather impressive buildings. Yeah, that's a pretty big tower. Thanks. But I think this is as far as we can go. Unless we use a stepladder. I can get one for you if you want. Really? Back in a minute. Want to join us, Gabby? It's pretty fun. Um, maybe later. I kind of came over to talk with Mr. Jacobs. I figured that was the case. What do you mean? You know the drill, Joy. Every weekend one of us has a problem, and then Mr. Jacobs or some other adult fills us in on what the Bible says. It's rather formulaic. Huh? He's just trying to sound smart. What were you going to talk to Mr. Jacobs about? Well, it's a school assignment that our teacher has given us. She wants us all to write creative stories. That seems pretty normal. Yeah, if you're creative, I'm not. Sure you are. I've seen you draw and act and stuff. You're plenty creative. Thanks, but it's different writing. I'm not moving, and I can't see the colors or shapes of things, so it's like it's dead or something. 
gross. No, I get it. It's like me with playing the piano. Sure, I can push the keys, but it's not fun. It's the right notes, but something's off inside. Yeah, exactly. But I like playing the piano. You know what? It's not right the kids are forced to do things that don't bring them happiness. It's against our rights as human beings. It is? Sure. What do you think life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness means? I don't know. It means we need to make a stand. If we don't like something about how people in charge are doing things, we should make it known with opposition. No piano lessons. No writing assignments. Freedom for kids. Freedom from tyranny. We will tear down the walls of persecution. Kyle, you're wrecking the tower. It's time to start a revolution. This is America, after all. If teachers are going to oppress us, we need to rise and face them. Who's with me? <coughs> um, can I talk to Mr. Jacobs about it first? Ah, yeah, sure. Uh, sorry about the tower, Joy. You know what? Let's just calmly listen to the radio until he gets back. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Mr. Jacobs, basically, my teacher assigned us this project, and I don't really want to do it. It's just going to be a big failure in the end. And that's when Kyle went nuts and tore down our tower. I said I was sorry. It was just the passion of the moment. Yeah, it seems to me there might be better ways to have <clears throat> moments. I think I might have to agree with Joy on this one, Kyle. But back to you, Gabby. Have you talked with your teacher about the project? Talked with her? Sure. It seems like you're having trouble with this assignment, and it's her job to help you do well. So have you talked with her? I didn't know that's what her job was. <laughs> okay. So what did you think it was if not to teach? I don't know. I just thought that teaching meant tell kids about stuff and then give them assignments. I'm sure that's how it is sometimes. But like all leaders, the reason they have the job is so that they can help you become the best you can be. It might not always be fun, but none of us could get very far without teachers. Hold on. I mean, I agree with that whole thing about teachers wanting to help you out and stuff, but all leaders? Yeah. It seems to me that if people are in charge, it just means they get to do whatever they want and make sure you follow their rules. Yeah, Kyle's right. I don't see people giving my teachers assignments that they don't want to do. And what about people like police officers and judges and stuff? Do they have people telling them what to do? Whoa, lots of questions really fast. <laughs> and I'll try to answer all of them because they're all good. Let me see your bricks over there. A lot of people see authority, that is, being a leader or in charge, as something like a pyramid. The people on the bottom are the people who work for the leaders, and the higher up the pyramid you go, the more authority you have. The more in charge you are. Right, but this example isn't exactly how it works. It might seem like leaders are the ones that are free to do whatever they want, but watch this. And I have to do this carefully. Need help? Thanks. Yeah. Just hold that brick there, and that one. I don't get it. What are you building? Uh, it looks like you're building an upside-down pyramid? Whoa. Impressive. Thanks. This is how it actually works. The leaders are actually on the bottom of the building holding everyone else up. Teachers hold up their students, bosses hold up their workers, and pastors hold up their congregations. Without leaders, our world falls apart. Okay, this is a nice object lesson, Mr. Jacobs, but just because you can build an upside-down pyramid, which admittedly is pretty cool, doesn't mean that this is how it really works. That's true, Kyle, but I didn't make this idea up. 
In fact, the Bible tells us in Exodus 18 about a time when Moses was trying to be the leader all by himself. It was so much work that from morning until night he was stuck helping people. Fortunately, his wife's dad came by and suggested putting other people in charge of some of the things so the load wasn't so heavy. So the Bible talks about this stuff too? Quite a bit. In Romans 13 and Hebrews 13, 17, God reminds us that the leaders he has given us were put there for a reason and that we need to respect them and do what they say. If we don't, we're not only making it harder for them to help us, but we're actually telling God that we don't respect him either. No offense, Mr. Jacobs, but this is sounding a lot like something a person who is in charge would be telling people. I understand what you mean, Kyle, trust me. I've had a lot of issues with respecting authority myself, but you know, there's a drama script that might help explain how this isn't just some way to keep people in line. I'll go see if I can find it. And we'll listen to the radio. And now, from the garage of Lionel Jacobs comes the well-received drama, The Wild Horse, an adapted biblical parable about authority. Once upon a time, in the lovely pastures of Blue Springs Stables, there was a majestic horse. To be more precise, I'm a chestnut mare. Indeed. She loved running around the meadows and pastures and doing what horses like to do. Whenever kids came to see her, she would race over to see if they had any of her favorite snacks. Especially oats. One day, the horse's owner talked to her son about some very exciting news. It's that time of year again, Joey. What time of year, Mom? Horse show time. The thing us horse farmers look forward to all the time. The time our horses win all kinds of prizes and become world famous. Oh, right. Yeah, that time. What about it? Well, you know that chestnut mare out in the fields over there? Yeah? I think it's her time to shine. Go have Georgie get her ready for the show. And so, in a few minutes, Georgie the stable boy went out to get the chestnut mare ready for the show. But as he approached, the mare thought to herself, What does he want? Oh, I see that bridle in your hand, buddy. Don't get any closer. I'm warning you, stay back. You're not going to take me somewhere I don't want to go. Needless to say, Georgie didn't get very far. He limped back to the stable and told the owner what had happened. That's awful. Go put an ice pack on that before it gets too big. You might want to have the doctor look at that while you're at it. What are we going to do, Mom? Go ahead and send Kevin out there to get her. Maybe he'll have better luck with her. But as Kevin approached... A lasso? Oh, no, you don't. I'm a free horse, made to roam the rage and let the wind blow through my hair. Okay, too close. Get back. Last warning. Needless to say, Kevin didn't make it too far either. He limped back to the stable and told her what had happened. All right. Sounds like we might need more men. This time, she sent a bunch of stable hands all at once. This ought to work. Mom, let me try. She'll remember me. No, that's all right. We can get more stable hands and try to wrangle her down. Mom, please, let me try. All right, Joey. Go ahead. Joey made his way out to the fields where the chestnut mare was grazing. Uh-oh, here comes Joey. Looks like he's trying to get me too. Hey, girl. Remember me? We're going to the horse show. We want to bring you along. It'll be fun. Don't you want to come along? 
But the horse wasn't listening. I don't want to go anywhere. I'm doing what horses do, and that's all I'm going to do. Maybe I'll have to get a little rougher with you to show your mom that I'm serious. Let me just put these reins on. No big deal, right? Don't come near me. I'm warning you. Good girl. It's okay. It's okay. Get away! I would explain what happened next, but seeing this is a kid's show, I'll simply say that Joey got hurt very badly. Needless to say, the owner was not impressed. The chestnut mare was locked up in a cage with a big sign on the door. Dangerous horse, keep away. She couldn't run, she couldn't feel the wind in her mane, and no one would trust her enough to let kids anywhere near to give her any oats. It's such a pity. She was such a nice horse. The moral is that God sends us leaders of all kinds to tell us what to do. We might not like the things they say. In fact, we might even hate hearing it. But the fact remains that God put them in charge and he wants us to respect them. If we don't, we're not only disobeying the people in charge, but disobeying God. And when that happens, we won't be living the best life that God has in store for us. Are you guys done playing with the bricks? Yeah, I am. I'll start cleaning them up. I'll help you, Joy. Thanks, Gabby. Are you okay, Kyle? You look like something's wrong. Yeah, I've been thinking about this whole respecting and obeying people in authority thing. There's just some stuff that doesn't make sense. You're not going to go on another rampage, are you? No, I'm fine. I just don't understand. How can God say to respect and obey people in charge when most of the leaders I've ever heard of are really, really bad people who don't care about God or anything. You think your parents are really, really bad? Well, no. I was thinking about people in the government and stuff, but my parents aren't exactly perfect either. Well, this is a good question, Kyle, and there are many ways people have used the Bible to explain exactly how we're supposed to act. One thing we need to remember is that when God told Christians to obey their rulers, they didn't have good rulers at the time. Who did they have? Well, to give you an idea, the ruler of half the known world at the time was an evil Roman emperor named Nero. I've heard of him. I haven't. What made him so bad? Oh, there's quite a list. One of the most famous things he's known for was killing lots of Christians in some truly terrible ways. Wow, that's pretty bad. I agree. And I think it's good to remember that when we feel like our leaders aren't good enough for obedience and respect. If someone as bad as Nero was someone God said to respect, we don't have any excuse. Yeah, I guess that's true. On the other hand, there are lots of places that the Bible tells us about people who did the right thing by not obeying their leaders. Okay, I'm officially confused. First you say one thing, then you say the opposite. And they're both right? <laughs> It'll make sense in a second, Joy. Like Kyle pointed out earlier, People aren't perfect, and there are times when our leaders command us to do something that is the opposite of what God wants us to do. And that happened in the Bible? Oh, many times. In the beginning of Exodus, the Pharaoh told the nurses of the Hebrews to kill all the baby boys they saw. Obviously, the right thing to do was not kill babies, so they didn't, and God blessed them for it. Oh, right! And Daniel, he was told to only pray to the king, but Daniel knew that he was only supposed to pray to God and that landed him in big trouble. Exactly, and because he put God first, God took care of him. All right, but those are in the Old Testament, I think. What about the New Testament? 
There are a few examples, but one of my favorites is in Acts 5. The priests of God saw that the disciples were telling people about Jesus and they didn't like it. So they told them to stop. The disciples shrugged and basically said, sorry, God told us to do it and we're going to obey him instead of you. So it's okay to disobey if we're obeying God instead. Right. Though I feel I should mention that these cases are rare and even if there seems to be a problem, with a little patience and talking with those in charge, you can usually come to an agreement. Kind of like Daniel did in chapter one of his book. So that's why you wanted me to talk to my teacher about my writing assignment? Well, I doubt the assignment comes anywhere close to going against God's commands, but either way, communication can do wonders. Well, speaking of wonders, it would be wonderful if you could help me clean up, Kyle. I'm coming, I'm coming. I'll help too. Are we done listening to the radio? Yeah, you can go ahead and turn it off, Gabby.